Blushing girl from Blushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Oh, Mr. Sheffield podcast episode. That was awkward. Uh, <laughs> We're rusty, man. <laughs> uh, I am Sean Pasquale here with... Victoria Sheffield. That's right. No relation to the titular Oh Mr. Sheffield, who is one of the many characters on The Nanny, a sitcom mm-hmm. from the 90s starring Fran Drescher that we are here to talk about. We're in season two, deep in the weeds of season two, mm-hmm. episode 10. Now, if you're following along on HBO Max, you're maybe confused because those episodes are still glaringly out of order. So while this is season two, episode 10 of the show, the episode title is The Wine Cellar. That's what you're looking for. I think it's like episode nine or eight on mm-hmm. on HBO Max. It's all out of whack. Just look for the title. This is The Wine Cellar. This is the bottle episode in which Fran and Cece get trapped <laughs> in the wine cellar of the Sheffield's uh, mansion. And it's spelled... W-H-I-N-E. So like as in yeah. whining, the yeah. wine cellar. The wine cellar. And, Very clever. Um, I, you know, I don't often notice the director. That's, I mean, I do, but you're better about that. But I even went back and was like, who directed this one? Because I don't know if you noticed, but there was a couple things that seemed a little odd or off in terms of like camera work. And it was actually our old friend Lee Chalet Chamel. Yep. So yep. I was surprised and I'm not like, it was like weird things where it almost was like, Oh, this seemed like their dry run. Mm-hmm. Like, but then it's what actually seemed to air. Like, like there's just a little bit of like weird, slow camera work or like, I don't know, maybe he was getting experimental or trying to mix it up or do something different. But there was a couple scenes that even I, a pretty like um, unobservant person was like, Hmm. I wonder, you know, uh, a lot of times when there's a new set built for a show, like the first time shooting on that set can be weird and and sitcoms move at a pretty quick clip. So I just wonder if it co- if it boils down to like they had this wine cellar set built for this episode. It was ready like right before they were ready to start rehearsing. They did a couple rehearsals and then it was time to shoot and I mean, it's possible that like the wine cellar production like butted up right up against when they started filming the episode. You know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. certainly can happen in in TV production. So I wonder if it's just that, and maybe it was just like getting familiar with the space. Interesting. Okay, okay, that checks out. Maybe we should have Leon someday. I feel like oh, I would love it. <laughs> just- and Gail Mancuso, I've been trying. Oh, and. Not only is this the episode where, um, by the way, Fran and Cece get stuck in the basement or the wine cellar, it's also where they are celebrating Sylvia's uh, surprise, quote unquote, and quote unquote 50th birthday because it's not actually a surprise and it's not actually her 50th. Um, But that is sort of the, the impetus for getting everybody in one place and and allowing this whole episode to take place like within the Sheffield mansion. Yeah. Um, and did you notice the episode also started on a Clinton fat joke? A I Bill did. Clinton, and just not Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton. And that I was wrote, my first note is this <laughs> open with a solid Bill Clinton eats too many hamburgers jokes. <laughs> but I go remember when that used to be the thing people made Bill Clinton jokes about. Like the, the world changed so much between like 94 and 98. And I I think younger people would have 
they would have no knowledge that like, yeah, the joke used to be that Bill Clinton loved McDonald's and he had like high cholesterol and he was a little, always a little beefy and that he was always trying to like get into shape. Dude, people people lost the thread of that joke so much that when Trump was president and had like that McDonald's day at the White House and everyone was like, oh, fatty loves McDonald's. Oh, what a loser president. I was like, am I this old that I'm the only person who's like, yeah, that's what? that we've, We did this already. We already had this president. Don't you remember there was a whole amazing SNL sketch with Phil Hartman because he used to play Clinton yep. where the whole the whole Rest entire I oh, seriously yeah the whole entire um premise of the sketch was it was Bill Clinton out on a morning jog surrounded by Secret Service and he insists that he needs to quote jog through a McDonald's to talk to his constituents and the whole yes. sketch is him just going from table to table and stuffing his mouth <laughs> with whatever he can grab as he walks through this McDonald's. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember it fondly uh, and it was but, great. But okay, so the, great. <laughs> so good. but so the episode starts on that apropos of nothing. Um, and we quickly find out that CC, that while they are all prepping for Sylvia's big quote unquote 50th birthday, CC and Mr. Sheffield won't be in town. They're going to be out like somewhere in the Hamptons or something um, to, at, a, at a dinner party for at Jean Chalet. Jean, Jean Chalet's house. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you know who that um, is? Did you get I, that reference? I didn't get that reference, so I had to Google it. Okay, um, so which maybe predates me a little. Maybe that's it, why it, it does. It does. So he was incredibly well known. A because he was a like you know TV critic, so he was constantly on TV on the news giving his opinion. But he had this like gigantic bushy mustache <laughs> and crazy wild hair, and like he was like a character. He was like, ah, hey, it's me, Jean Chalane, like. He he was he was he was a character, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he he uh, he was like an easy. It was like the easy butt of a joke kind mm-hmm. of character because of how like ridiculous he let his facial hair get. Um, <laughs> but, it was like but, an easy parody. Um, but clearly, someone who's kind of like culturally relevant in the New York scene. I could even, yes. you know, I could pick that up on context clues, but yep. there was this line where CC is, you know, he was on so- the Today Show. He was like the main film reviewer on the Today Show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Well, um, there, but that leads to this great exchange where, you know, CC is so pleased that she and Mr. Sheffield will be sharing this cottage that she says, she says something like, we'll share, we're sharing a cottage right by the water. And Niles goes, how convenient, sir. Should you want to drown yourself? (laughs) (laughs) Just a great line. And then, so it's like, it's like, um, that, so at this point in the episode, we think that the A plot is is CC's 50th, not CC's, Sylvia's 50th, but that later reveals to be something else. But the C plot is that um, Maggie, as always, is like wondering if there's going to be any cute guys at this party. And she is told to avoid Cousin Irving at all costs. And I have a note where I, I just went, I'm really tired of Maggie's central personality trait being that she always just wants to meet boys. Boys. Yeah. Uh, um, and it's really, I it's mean, kind to, of gr- to be fair, that was the central personality trait of every teenage girl on every sitcom in this time well, period. That's all they I, wanted was to meet boys. I also wrote, she's arguably just like a less sexed up version of of the daughter from married with children who also was like was the same character she just wanted to meet boys only she was like you know mm. sexed up heavily and maggie's mm, but- 
I would say Kelly also always wanted money. So she actually had more dimensions. But I also said, you know, this is probably true for a lot of teenagers. Like their number one goal is um, trying to meet people they're attracted to. Meet a guy. Um, And so then we go to the next scene, um, which it's it's Fran and the kids are getting everything in the house ready for the big party. And um, (laughs) Niles catches Fran making sangria with sweet and low and mr sheffield's best burgundy yes <laughs> yes no idea um why that's like disgusting yeah. um and um cc comes in looking for mr sheffield who's actually already left for like the train station um and she's really upset because she was like niles i literally called and told you that i was coming to meet him here and you told me that like you would relay the message <laughs> and he just he just flagrantly didn't do it. He just didn't do it. He's, he, he, I think his line is like, oh, I thought – what does he, he say? Said, he said, he said um, oh, I thought you told me to give him a massage, which I deemed inappropriate. Right. <laughs> just, he right. just, just shirked his duties and he tried to make tr- her life hard. He didn't even try. He didn't even um, try. But so she's like, well, fine. Like, you know, I'm at least going to go downstairs to the wine cellar to, to get something to bring um, to this, this get-together out in the Hamptons. She goes down in the wine cellar and she closes the door behind her. She grabs a bottle of wine. She's literally singing like yippity doodah. Like what a wonderful day. She is so excited for this weekend. She pulls the handle on the door and it comes off. So she literally has no way to get out of this wine cellar. Um, and at which point she starts laughing and then um, maniacally sobbing. <laughs> Um, and, um, she starts looking for another way out just as Fran walks in and uh, and walks in and lets the door close right behind her. By the, by the way, Mm -hmm. how did Nicole Tom, uh, not, not Nicole, uh, Lauren Lane, how did Lauren Lane give this lady an Emmy? Oh, she's great. Sean. Like, and we're going to talk about uh, the next episode today, too, because we're doing a double feature Sunday record. Like, it only gets better. I am I'm actually is loving so good. I know. She's so good. Yeah. No, I have literally a whole thing about that when we get to the next episode where I'm just like, she, she's just really found the stride of this character. And she's like, she's getting better every week. Um, and so, but, oh, so then, you know, Fran and Cece, who, as we know maybe not enemies, but definitely two people who are always at odds with each other are locked in a basement together with no windows and no way out. And um, Cece at one point even says like, this used to be a bomb shelter. Nobody can hear us scream. And meanwhile, Fran is completely missing her mom's surprise party upstairs. And Cece is of course going to miss the train to um, this wonderful weekend. She's ecstatic for Um, there's, this was a, this hilarious moment where Fran starts to hyperventilate. She claims she's getting an, uh, a recovered memory of the Loman's dressing room. And she's like, naked women everywhere, all old, dimples, none of them on the face. <laughs> and, and the thing is, so I have this note where I don't know if a lot of people under a certain age or um, maybe even not from the East Coast know what Loman's is. I didn't know uh, what this reference was. Oh, okay. So- Everybody, every woman in my family would have would die laughing because Lomans, um, I think it was a, a Jewish owned um, large retail store. I, I, I have to double check that. But um, it was basically kind of like the Marshalls or the TJ Masks, Mac, 
perks type thing where it's like nice things at a discount. But the thing specifically about Lowman's is that the dressing rooms were communal, which means like you had to get undressed in front of every other woman like in the dressing room. And sometimes there could be like 25 women back there. And like it was very much a hot spot for like older Jewish women. So if you were brought, if you were like me and you were like brought there as a kid while your mom was running errands, was like, like all you, older Jewish yeah, women the you whole were time. Just looking, you know, you were like, you know, fully dressed and just like, yeah. you know, your mom takes you by the hand into Ooh, this boy. space and you've never seen so many naked bodies in your life. And certainly <laughs> like not elderly naked bodies. And it's like, it is an experience. But then I think Lomans went out of business maybe about 10 years ago and it was like devastating for all of these sort of like east coast jewish women who that like reminds me their favorite place that reminds me i feel like the male equivalent of that is the first time your grandfather takes you for a schwitz at the club oh what's a schwitz is that it's a shave like, it's like no it's like a sauna it's like a you know like a sweat schwitz is like sweating <laughs> sweating in the sauna so it was like oh we'll go to the gym and then we'll go for a schwitz in the sauna and i was like that sounds fun and then it's like <laughs> fucking just 10 old ass naked men just like yeah i'm sweating out the poisons it's so gross it's so um gross. So god, like you know what hey god willing gay. god willing we we both grow to be that old and gross you know I what i mean wait. i can't wait um but so, so, so they're this, down in the cell oh this episode confirms like cc and mr sheffield have never had sex Oh, I have that exact note. Like uh, I go, this, I go. This I go. This officially confirms they have never done anything physical. In yeah, all so I. And then I wrote. And then I wrote. It kind of makes everything Cece's ever said and done very, very sad. <laughs> I know. It's a, but she even says she says at one point my therapist says says I'm obsessed with him. Yes. <laughs> but but well the thing is so but before we even get there you know we establish that they're stuck down there and while Fran's doing her. Um, Loman's meltdown. Cece slaps her across the face, yes. and then shortly thereafter, Fran slaps Cece across the face. And I just wrote, you know what? A Fran and Cece spinoff is the only one that would work, is what I've decided. <laughs> um, and so, so it's like they're stuck down there. We then, you know, the rest of the episode is literally just jumping back upstairs to what's happening at this surprise party, I, and then and back really, downstairs, and really barely. Like, I feel like they just used it to like pass time because there's really no plot happening upstairs. Um, we do get a, uh, cameo from, uh, Fran Drescher's actual father, Mort. He shows up as uncle Stanley, who is like this hilarious character who I hope comes back more often. <laughs> and then I love the bit. I love the scam that he's, that uh, Brighton and Yetta are pulling. Yeah. On. So, so yeah, basically up at the party, now it's in full swing. And because it's Sylvia's birthday, her, you know, Grandma Yetta is there. But Grandma Yetta is just, she just grabs Brighton and is like, follow my lead. She goes up to like the first old guy she can see and is like, Oh, like, you know, Morty or, or whoever, not Morty, like, oh, like Marty, here's, um, you know, little Shmooey. He's about to be bar mitzvahed, but you're going to be on your cruise. And so this older relative, like, instantly hands over cash. <laughs> um, and then Yetta takes Brighton aside and goes, we split it 50-50. And so they're clearly going to scam this whole party by just claiming that he's little Shmooey. He's grown up and he's about to be bar mitzvahed. And actually, that's a callback to the episode where she stayed with them, where she thought his name was Shmooey. Yes. Yes. It's great. Um, it's great. There's a couple of callbacks in this episode. Um, 
they also, so in the, in the A plot, uh, there's a couple of fun things that happen. First of all, and I really, I'll save the bulk of this rant for our segments, but you know, Fran brings up other sitcom tropes in this episode, which just goes to further prove how self-aware the writers that are mm-hmm. making this show are, which I think just further disproves any claims of these writers, like stealing from something and not just knowingly homaging what had come before. I think like the line in this episode about, Oh, this is just like on facts of life when blah, blah, blah. Like, I think it just shows <laughs> yeah. how self-aware the writers were and they knew they were writing a sitcom and every once in a while they had fun with the idea of, playing with those sitcom tropes, which is why I think we get episodes sometimes that feel like three different sitcom tropes all thrown into one episode. Um, Cause mm-hmm, I think these writers mm-hmm. were just having fun. I think, I mean, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I totally agree. Um, so that is happening upstairs. And then we jump back down to Fran and Cece where um, Fran basically says that she needs to de-stress. And the way that she de-stresses is by um, doing people's hair, which, you know, cuts to this like just great little comedic beat where, you know, Cece's basically like relents because she's, she can't deal with Fran babbling anymore. And she's like, fine, you can do my hair. She- um, bless you. <laughs> um, and, and so, so Fran starts to tease Cece's hair while getting, and you know, in much as many people do when they're actually getting their hair done, she just starts to like spill a lot of her innermost feelings and thoughts to Fran and Fran has like very seamlessly transitioned to like hairdresser mode. And also Fran is, uh, Cece has been drinking wine from the cellar, which also contributes to, I think her like willingness to talk. And then, um, you know, we bounce back upstairs for a beat again. And then when we go back downstairs, this is a great comedic beat. Cece's hair is literally 10 times bigger than it ever than it not only is, but also ever actually could be with it's the amount great. of hair. She it's has. a great it's, beat. It's just it's, such a like clearly it was like a, a like let's put let's find the most ridiculous Fran like wig and slap it on Cece. And it was so I mean the the shot the reveal shot opens with them just sitting and letting the audience laugh at it for like a yes. good minute. It is an impossibly huge wig that is in the world of the show just what Fran has done with a comb. Yeah. Um, And, uh, you know, Cece looks completely despondent because now Fran has gone on to just listing um, flavors of Baskin Robbins ice creams. (laughs) Like that's how bored they are. Um, And she comes to the conclusion that there's only 30 flavors and there's not 31. (laughs) Oh yeah. I actually have that as one of my favorite lines because when she – thinks that she has discovered that her shock is so genuine yeah <laughs> and the betrayal is so genuine yeah she goes only 30 but why would they lie but it's not like she could have possibly just missed one she's yeah. sure she's gotten all 30 and there's not a possible other one and they're liars i love yeah, just, i love that joke why would they lie made me laugh lie? out loud yeah um, and funny. so in the, then in this kind of very very funny way in a way where I, again, was like, Oh, I, I really love these actresses, like their comedic dynamic together. Cece is now like getting pretty drunk and in a very like, um, almost juvenile childlike way is like, let's play truth or dare. Um, 
And Fran's like, but all your truths are so boring, <laughs> which was just such a like subtle line that that I thought was actually like very, very funny. Um, and this is when, of course, Fran's like, okay, like if you could be with any man, who would it be? Because she knows it's easy, like basically just wants an excuse to talk about Mr. Sheffield more. Um, and this is where she's like, oh, with Maxwell, um, you know, and she uh, – you know, just go pines for him and talks about how I think um she talks about how she loves his uh streak of gray in his hair. And uh Fran's like, Oh, that's the first thing I change. It reminds me of uh Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> <laughs> um and then um Mr. Sheffield essentially comes home and is like, you know, Cece's Cece's missing and Niles says, um well actually it's the reverse. He comes home and Niles says Fran is missing. Um, and then he, and then Mr. Sheffield goes, that's strange. So is Miss Babcock. And then Niles yells, yippee. <laughs> um, and at which point Mr. Sheffield goes looking around and he finds them in the wine cellar. And that's like basically the end of the episode. Um, so like, it's not huge in moving the plot forward. It's just a fun, um, it's just a fun, relatively inexpensive episode. Although I guess they did have to build that wine cellar. I mean, I, I, I do think that like, <clears throat> I don't know if it pushes anything forward, but it does cement, I think it starts to cement things that like maybe they were ambiguous on up until mm-hmm. now. Certainly like, like the, you know, they have had a discussion between season one and season two of like, what is the nature of CeCe's actual relationship with Mr. Sheffield? And I think we get a big info dump on that in this episode. Um, Cause I do think it's been super ambiguous if they've like, screwed each other or not and like this Mm. confirms they definitely have not had physical relationship at all she's just like a crazy lady pining (laughs) away after this guy who's clearly like not interested in her like that Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. do you well i guess we could get into this in segments uh because yeah that's basically it oh and then and then there's a great um there's a great post-credit scene where grandma yetta uh (laughs) lectures brighton on his privilege and then, yes. steals, and then steals his money, which I thought was great. That's honestly. in my favorite. That's in my favorite uh, lines and moments too. Uh, I love it. All right. Well, so then let's get into segments. Segments. And now segments. So segments. Yeah. No, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> okay. Before we start, I gotta ask you. Like, I, I don't know if this is part of segments or if this is, I don't know what this is. Does this episode pass the Blackdale test? The Blackdale, is it Blackdale? I, I think it's Blackdale. And I think you always confuse me because you say Blackdale. It's Blackdale. Is it Blackdale? Does well, it be, because of it, the it, nature of how much they talk about Mr. Sheffield alone? I feel like it's because it's literally, that's the test, isn't it? You put two female characters in a room and if they can have a conversation about something that isn't one of the male characters then like it passes and like yeah well it's it's it's, yeah it's a little more than that there's like three things it's like are there more is there more than one named female character do they have a conversation with each other and is it about something other than um a male a male in a man in the story and i would say i mean there's definitely some jokes that pass it because at one point like um early on in their um being trapped together (laughs) 
CC yells something like, we are officially putting a ban on any conversation about Eastern European relatives with moles, <laughs> um, flute disorders. And then she like lists something else kind of gross. And Fran's like, well, you're really limiting the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like we established that Fran was for a while at least talking about a lot of other stuff. Right, right. Uh, but we don't actually necessarily see it. True. Yeah, true. And then in terms of favorite lines, um, one of my favorites was at the beginning. when. So, so one thing that we kind of just breezed over um, is that they do a dry run of this surprise party. And so Sylvia wants to do a rehearsal of it, even though it's supposed to be her party. Um, and when she's there at the house, she, she turns to Mr. Sheffield and she's like, Oh, thank you so much for letting us have the party here. We only have one turlet. <laughs> turlet. And, all, and, all, and all of Morty's brothers are coming. Around <laughs> this toilet turlet. And it just really made me laugh. Um, I And I already said, uh, we kind of went over a lot of these. I really liked it when, when you know, Cece says, let's play truth or Darren Frank says, but all your truths are so boring. And then um, the, the thing that you mentioned about Yetta and Brighton and the button, it's basically um, they're, uh, Yetta is divvying up their the money they you know scammed from the party, and she's like, "All right, you get eighty, I get one thirty five And he's like, <laughs> "He's like, hey, that's not fair." And she's like, "You want to talk not fair? How about you live in a mansion? I live in a home. You have your whole life ahead of you. I have one two weeks tops." <laughs> and I just I really liked it. I loved it so much. I agree. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think that was my favorite line. We should also know there's a callback to, um, to the shower walk-in, uh, episode, uh, or plot, oh, yeah. I guess that happens. There's a, when they're talking about, you know, Cece and, and, and Fran are talking about Mr. Sheffield and, uh, you know, Cece says like, I've seen him in his bathing suit. Have you? And then she's like, no, I haven't. <laughs> and then she's like, although I did see him naked and she's like, what? And then she's like, yeah, yeah, I walked in him on the shower. And then Cece's like, looks like, ooh, maybe I should do that. And then Fran goes, <laughs> Fran goes, nah, he keeps it locked now. <laughs> As if she's tried again. <laughs> uh, it's lines like that that are some of my absolute, like totally my absolute favorite from this Same. show. Same. Um, <laughs> so um, any other favorite moments or lines? No, that's it. Let's let's okay. close up the uh, the favorite lines back. <laughs> okay, so going once, going twice, um, and so I didn't clock any Yiddish in this episode. I don't nope. know if you did, but nope. I thought it would be a fun um, opportunity to discuss Manischewitz, uh, which <laughs> you know this is a, a wine. Uh, oh, okay. Wine. Well, just a lot of people might have heard. I couldn't make people. the connection at first, but I, I get it. Wine cellar, Manischewitz. Manischewitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's it, talk about it. You know, it. the the impetus of the of this episode is they get stuck in a wine cellar. Um, and so maybe some people are aware of this if they are not Jewish, and maybe some people have never heard of it. I don't really know, but you know, Manischewitz is um. It's technically a whole kosher brand, but it's kind of just used casually to um, refer specifically to the wine that they make. And it is an extremely sweet, sugary wine that basically tastes like grape juice. Um, and um, most families will buy it at Passover. But then when I was reading about it, I don't know if you knew this, it said um, – um, 
However, Manischewitz sweet Concord contains corn syrup, a sweetener derived from corn, which is forbidden during Passover among Ashkenazi Jews. So Manischewitz produced a special Passover bottle up for um, which is sweetened with cane sugar and not corn syrup. And I didn't know this. So I looked it up and it says during Passover, Ashkenazi Jews traditionally stay away from not only leavened food like bread, like bread, but also legumes, rice, seeds, and corn. The ban has been in place since the 13th century, but it's always been controversial. It's very controversial. Um, Cause why can't you have some corn? That's ridiculous. I don't know. I, I got to read up on it. I mean, I, uh, I only, I, we I only I, ever I, bought Manischewitz at Passover. So I'm pretty sure we've only ever had the kosher for Passover um, Manischewitz. Uh, the company was started by a rabbi, by the way, Rabbi, Rabbi, mm-hmm. Rabbi Manischewitz okay. uh, in 1888 which is a long ass time um, ago. But so also um, this is often sort of um, a, like a Jewish kid's first taste of alcohol ever is yeah. the Manischewitz. Um, yes. And, you know, it's pretty common. Um, and then in terms of nanny trivia for the week. So I was looking up the writers for this episode on IMBD when I was looking into who directed it. Mm-hmm. And I happened to see that you know, so this was written by Robert Sternin, Prudence Fraser, and Peter Mark Jacobson. Mm. Um, and um, I just happened to be scrolling through, I think, Robert Sternin's page. And it said that he had worked, you know, after The Nanny, he worked on a show called Daddy, D-A-D-I, which ran for 60 episodes. And I was like, oh, like, that's weird. How have I not heard of a show that ran for probably like uh, like three seasons? And then I saw that Prudence Frazier also worked on it. And then I found out that we've never heard of it because Dottie was the Turkish remake of The Nanny. <laughs> and, um, you know how we, earl- in an earlier episode, we discussed it in this show aired in Italy, but it was just dubbed with the yeah. same actors. This is completely new actors, but everything else is exactly the same. And it takes place wow. in Istanbul instead of Manhattan. Um, and like when you look it up, like even the font of, of the title Dottie uh, is the same as the nanny. And so um, listed as creators on Dottie are Robert Cernan, Prudence Fraser, Peter Mark Jacobson, and Fran Drescher. So I wonder if they just, if they made a lot of money um, kind of repackaging this concept for other markets. Hope, I hope so. That's pretty oh awesome. God. I want to, man, maybe, <laughs> maybe this show has legs, Toria. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can squeeze another 60 episodes out of this by watching Dottie. And see like how close if it is it like, you know, like the psycho remake with um Right. Like how wait, close does it name? compare? Like is it the are the episodes? You can't find any I can't find any plot breakdowns. It, it I, I was told I thought I was told. I read it is exactly the same. <laughs> Oh, I think I even looked for plot breaks on too. Now that's pretty cool. Fran or the CC. Well, I I wanted to I wanted to talk oh. about something real quick before oh, we move on okay. to Fran or CC. Um, okay, we've got to we've got to have a we have to have another serious discussion, everybody, about IMDb and and what what it's being used for uh, and the kind of <laughs> trivia and facts and goofs that are being called out. Um, so this week. Someone uh, has added as a character error that Fran is too stupid to know what adenoids are, yet here she uses the, and this is a direct quote, yet here she uses the fancy word like she'd gone to Yale. 
Adenoids? Who is this? Is it the same person as last time or is it a different person? It, it doesn't show, it doesn't tell you who it is. But then in parentheses, they wrote, there's recurring jokes and gags as to her inherent stupidity and lack of education. These are regularly made. And it's like, first of all, recurring and regularly made, those are the same thing, buddy. You don't have to say that. If you say recurring, <laughs> that's what that fucking means. Second, I don't think that even with all of the jokes about her being I don't even, I wouldn't even call like, it stupid. Not, you know, just, she's not formally educated, but Fran is not stupid. In fact, she's usually the smartest person in the room. Right. It's like, you know, you have such a fundamental misunderstanding of what you're watching. If that is your take, if that is your takeaway, but also she had her tonsils out in a previous episode where they talked about her, her adenoids. adenoids. So, Thank you. Yeah, and yeah. also, and also the word adenoids, I hate to break it to you. Not a fancy Yale word. It's just, it's just the word of, it's like, it's the I, only word really for that part of your body. I'm going to say this person is projecting. Oh my God. Th this person uh, must feel a lot of intellectual inadequacy it's in just, his or her own life. And, uh, is really, only, it's really being channeled to Fran right now. I only bring this stuff up because I don't want our fans going to IMDb to look up their favorite show and then being like, oh, there's an error in this episode. There's no error. There's no error in this episode. The other error listed is that Cece does not have nearly enough volume nor length to her hair to make <laughs> that bouffant do Fran allegedly gave her. And it's like, yeah, that's the joke. That's that's Wait. just the joke. That's not a character error. That's it the is, joke. It, but as I've said last time, in the end, honestly, I feel like there is some karma to this because if these people – like how joyless must their lives be if, they, if this is the lens through which they see the world? Like our day-to-day -day is so much better <laughs> – because they clearly can laugh at nothing. They don't even understand basic, um, just basic continuity gaffes. Yeah, it's like this is not a continuity gaff. They're very aware of what they're. Anyway, I don't know, man. I just that's not an error. Neither one of those things are errors. So uh, I just say use IMDb with caution. Always, always uh, uh, cautiously uh, uh, pessimistic. Uh, all right. So who's the friend and who's the CC this week? Um, I would probably make the best of it like Fran, but I, I always say this. I relate to Cece sometimes more than I want to. Like, I do feel like sometimes when I get so excited about something, something always happens to, to stop it from happening <laughs> to the point where like, sometimes when I, when I'm really looking forward to something, I like, don't let myself, I just don't let myself get excited because I'm like, well, if I get excited, then it's not going to happen. But if I don't really care, then it will happen. Like I, it's like a whole layer of same. like neurosis. Same, mm -hmm. same. I do that the worst with work stuff. Like I'll get, oh, true. I'll get a thing and Elizabeth will be like, oh my God, that's so amazing, baby. And I'm like, literally nothing has happened, Elizabeth. Like someone offered a thing and then I'll like <laughs> sign a contract and get the first paycheck and she'll be like, is now, is it good now? And I'm like, I mean, it's good in the <laughs> sense that like I got paid, but also like, it's just, it's all just fine. Like if we um, get too excited, it'll end. <laughs> yes. And that's why what we do makes us the uh, extra sad boys. All right. Well. <laughs> yeah. 
I think we have a lot to think about, uh, and I might be too depressed to record another episode ever again. Izzy, I'm, I'm just going to go grab a drink real fast. What, what it's 10 a.m.? That's late enough, right? It's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, all right. Uh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, follow the podcast, uh, Oh Mr. Chef Pod. That's with two Fs and the word pod. Uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. Please leave a five-star review and a comment and subscribe on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as it's now called, uh, because that super helps people find the show and more people will listen to it. And yeah. I, come join us in the Just come of, join us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Sheffield Pod. Yeah. That's the place. That's the place to be. We check both accounts, both of us. We're always mm-hmm. jumping at you with something. Uh, all right. And that's a week. Uh, bye, everybody. Uh, goodbye. The flashing girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine.